What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. I want to start out by uh, just telling you a little bit about me. Uh, My name is Steve Finger, and uh, the last name I told my wife like 40-something years ago when I met her, my name is Finger. You'll never forget it. (laughs) And it's been like 40-something years, and she hasn't forgotten. (laughs) And um, the thing is, though, I'm Jewish. I believe in Jesus, and I want to teach you all a word that some of you may have heard before, okay? Have you ever heard the Jewish expression, oy vey? You've heard that, right? Okay, so let me tell you the definition of oy vey. It's an exclamation. It's indicating dismay or grief. It's kind of like saying, oh, whoa, or woe is me. I mean, it's not really positive, if you want to know the truth. And so... I want to share a little bit about my testimony. When I was 15 years old, I came home drunk for the first time. My Jewish parents, God bless them, the first thing that came out of their mouth was, Oy vey, this is terrible. I don't know how we're going to get through this, but you know what? We love you. We're going to make it. Then I came home at 16 years old, stoned on marijuana for the first time, and my... My parents said, let me see if you can guess. There you go. (laughs) And then they said, but we love you. We're going to make it. But, man, when I came home at 20 years old, completely delivered from drugs and alcohol, and my drugs went other places I'm not proud of. And, uh, man, my parents were just, I'm, I'm, I'm delivered, okay, now. I'm clean, right? And my parents, the first words that came out of their mouth were what? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I came home talking about Jesus, and they, give me a real oy vey now. They said, oy vey. Only this time they didn't, they said they loved me, but they said they didn't know how we were going to make it. That's, that's strong. I remember uh, one of my first religious experiences where I grew up in New York. You're either Jewish or Catholic. Or we were either um, actually uh, Jewish or Italian, but all my Italian friends are Catholic. They took me to a Catholic church. I remember that. This is one thing I remember. Like, they had nice pews and, you know, stained glass and all that. But I remember, man, sit down, stand up. Sit down, stand up. It was like an exercise class or something. And... And the thing was, I remember the, the priest kind of looked like the rabbi. I mean, he was all dressed up in his religious, you know, cool stuff. Well, wasn't that cool. But, um, <laughs> but it was professional, let me say that, okay? Anyway, so I remember he called us up to take communion, all the people. And you'd stand in this line. They'd have these little round wafers, and they had, like, real wine, I, I, from what I heard. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm into this, you know. And I'm just a little kid, right? And then I remember it came to my turn in the line. I'm going to do the communion. And the priest says to me, he says, you're not Catholic, are you? And I said, no. And he said, oh, you can't do this. Go sit down. And I remember feeling, like, rejected by religion, actually. 
And so I want you to know what I'm going to talk to you about today is not about religion. It's about a relationship with a living God. It's huge. So my next spiritual, (laughs) what led up to coming home and, you know, talking about Jesus and all this. Well, first, I, I, the cutest girl in our high school, I was 15 years old, and her name was Tony DiMarzio, this little Italian girl. I looked like a big guy compared to her because she'd real little and I always wanted to be like Pastor Craig, but you didn't have him. Anyway, so that's it. So, but the thing was, she invited me to a concert, a rock concert. I'm like, I'm telling all my friends, Tony DiMarzio invited me. And they're like, no way. I'm go- I'll t- I, we didn't have phones then, or I would have been taking selfies, you know. But the thing was, so, I mean, because it was so cool, Tony, so... We go to this concert. Her parents had to drive us. That's not cool, but we didn't drive. And we get there. There's like a keyboard. There's drums. Cool guy like you leading worship like Brian, but he had an afro. <laughs> but never mind that. And then like bass guitar. Lead. I mean, when the music was really good, okay, but I didn't really know what was going on, you know. I knew it was different than Catholic, that's for sure. And I also felt a little duped. You know, because they didn't tell me I'm going to church. I'm going to a rock concert. <laughs> but anyway, so after the church experience um, there, I, I remember they took me. We lived in New Jersey. We had diners there, little diners. And they took us out to eat. And I'm trying to figure out what I just saw. And so, I'm, you know, I didn't know anything really about any of this. And then I remember asking them, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So are you telling me that, like, a guy could be a murderer and a rapist? And if he asked this Jesus into his heart, he could, like, go to heaven? And they were new Christians. They're like, yes! And they were so excited. And then I go, but wait a minute, my Jewish mother, who there's no way she's talking to Jesus, you know, and I know she never killed anybody. I know she never raped anybody. You're telling me if she doesn't ask Jesus in her heart, she's going to go to hell? And they go, yes, yes. I'm like, you go to hell. You. I'm not going to say what I said next, but I'm telling you, you don't tell a Jewish boy his mother's going to hell. How many people want to hear your mother's going to hell? So all the way home, it was the quietest ride. (laughs) Nobody knew what to say or anything. I didn't talk to her for over 30 years, and then Facebook came out. I found her, and I said, hey, I'm saved. (laughs) And now she's friends with my wife on Facebook. (laughs) My my next, uh, (laughs) which is cool, you know. But anyway, my next, um, (laughs) she looks a lot older now, but so do I. (laughs) God, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway. Man, if this is online, Tony, I, you still, you look beautiful. <laughs> you know, man, this is bad. Okay, so anyway, so my next experience, you know, was I go to college. I walk into this classroom, and I see a vision. I mean, the most beautiful vision, the most beautiful woman. Well, she, we were girls, kids, <laughs> but I had ever seen. I mean, it was so wild that I remember trying to find my car after class. I couldn't find my car. I was like in a fog. It was crazy. And anyway, so through a course of events, and she could tell you the story. I mean, I'm, I don't know what she thought when she first saw me. She probably thought, oh, you hunk of man. I've got to have you. I don't know, you know, but maybe not. But anyway, so anyway, I'm sure that's what Pastor Kara said when she saw you. But anyway, but the point is, whoa, am I? Uh, okay, so the point is this, though. The point is this. I mean, 
So I offer her a ride home because she didn't have a car, and I did, and she's going to take the ride. So we're in the car, and the way I used to open this kind of meetings up <laughs> with girls was I had a pipe full of Colombian gold in my glove compartment, which is a type of marijuana, and uh, which is, it's legal now, right? Okay, so anyway, so I'm, I'm in, so we're riding in the car, and I used to say, something told me, but now I know it was someone, Pastor Brian, you better not do that this time. And so I asked Dolores, I said, hey, what kind of things do you like to do? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I have a motorcycle I like to ride. Oh, my brother does that. Well, I like to snow ski. Oh, my brother does that. Everything I would say, my brother does it, she said. And I'm like, well, what do you do? And she goes, well, I mostly go to church. She didn't know it. That was like her last ride, I thought, because <laughs> I'm not dealing with that anymore. I already had Tony DiMarzio. So thing is, no, but so the thing is, then it gets worse. It gets worse, actually, because she goes, well, what religion are you? I go, Jewish. And she said, oh. I'm like, what do you mean, oh? I mean, it was going downhill, Dolores. It really was. Anyway, but then I got this friend. And he, he's the wildest guy I know, craziest guy I know. And he gets saved, and he's like a pussycat. And he's Jesus, Jesus. And he keeps inviting me to this church in uh, Southern California called uh, Calvary Chapel, a guy named Chuck Smith. And so I, oh, you could clap for Chuck. Cool. <laughs> it's a good church. So anyway, but the thing was, so I figured, how many kill two birds with one stone? She's pretty. My friend's crazy. <laughs> And I'll go to this church. And again, I walk in, piano, drums, guitars. It's like another rock band. And you know what? I was like, <laughs> I wasn't having it. <laughs> anyway, so we're driving home in the middle of the night because it was night church. We went out to eat with them. Dolores and I are driving through a dark canyon in Southern California in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, my car starts running out of gas. And I never run out of gas. And it was like crazy. We're in the middle of nowhere in a dark canyon. And Dolores uh, starts praying. I don't know if you believe in this or not. All I know is I saw it work, okay? She started praying in tongues. Now, I'd never heard anything like that before, not even close to that. Now, she tells me, you know, since then, I was praying under my breath. I heard it like, it was like crazy. I'm telling you, it was nuts. I thought, this is nuts. Well, then, finally, the car goes for miles after she started doing that. And then it runs out of gas. And I'm like, well, I got to get out. You know, we got, I got to get gas. And, you know, and she's, I'm praying. And my God won't leave me out here in the middle of the night. You'll see a little old lady will stop or something. Now I'm really mad. I didn't share that in the first service. I'm like, this girl's nuts. So... She decides she's going to go with me. She felt, you know, be safer, whatever. So all of a sudden, I'm dating myself. Now, a Pinto pulls over. Anybody even know what a Pinto? Okay, I'm talking an old car. All right. And then we go up to the car. I look in, and I go, Louie? And the guy goes, how do you know my name, boy? He's an old guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I go, I don't know. Well, he was so intrigued how I knew his name, he took us all the way to this gas station for gas, brought us all the way back to the car, waited till I primed the carburetor. The car still wouldn't start, takes us miles to my house. We finally figure out when we get to the driveway, he was a business acquaintance of my dad from a year and a half before. We'd never even been formally introduced, okay? But that wasn't the crazy part. The crazy part was this. 
He said, can you help me? I've made this trip so many times, and I'm lost. He was like 15 miles out of his way in the opposite direction to pick us up. That's the first time I ever said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I didn't, I've never seen anything like it. Now, I've seen miracles since then. My mom's best friend, an older Jewish lady, had a radical mastectomy. Then the cancer spread throughout her body. They gave her like three months to live. We prayed. She gets healed. I mean, totally healed. 30 years later, I led her to the Lord. I mean, it was crazy. You would think she'd have got saved right then. But she told my mom, well, I went to an astrologist, and it was in my stars. And, you know, I'm like, oh, God. Anyway, so my mom is saying, well, my kids, you know, they prayed to their God. And you know what I mean? So it was wild, right? Okay, I've seen a lot of stuff, but I want to share this with you right now. I can go for miracle after miracle that we've seen. And I've also seen people not healed, too. But everyone's faith wavers at times. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Dolores has got more faith than anybody I've ever met in my life. And even when it comes to healing, sometimes she prays and she's like, oh, I hope so, you know. So if you open to Mark 24. And in Mark 24, there's a story about a father uh, who they were seeing all these miracles and everything, brought his son to Jesus because the kid was possessed. And, you know, he said to Jesus, look, if you can do anything, if it's possible, help us, right? And uh, Jesus said in verse 23, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Now listen to what the father said. This is key. If you're going to underline a verse, underline this one. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I mean, imagine that being there with Jesus. You still need to overcome your unbelief. So I want to share this with you. Um, I believe in praying anyway. Pray anyway, because you never know what God's going to do. Never. I prayed for years for my eyes to be healed because I had these really thick glasses. Now I've got better than 20-20 vision. I got older, so I still need reading glasses sometimes. But I, I went for LASIK eye surgery. 45 seconds an eye, I've got 20-20 vision. I come home, and I'm bummed out a little bit because I told Loris, man, I've been praying for years. How come I had to go to the doctor? And she said, Stephen, because she's my voice of wisdom. I often say, by the way, I have a conscience. And her name is Dolores. <laughs> but anyway, she said, Stephen, who gave the doctors that wisdom in the first place to do this miraculous surgery? But that wasn't even the one that got me, and that's good. <laughs> but the one that got me was, because you hear about all the rich Jews. Anybody hear about us? We were the poor Jews. <laughs> you don't hear about us, right? So, so the thing is, though, so the thing is, my wife said, because we had a miracle happen in our life financially, and my wife said, Stephen, who gave us the $4,000 for the surgery? And I went, whoa, okay, that's God. <laughs> so, but he did it a different way than I expected, right? It happens that way sometimes. You know, um, we had a convalescent ministry for nine years. Every second and fourth Sunday, we'd, we'd do this convalescent ministry. We had an older pastor. I think he's in his 90s, and his wife is in his 90s, in our convalescent ministry. And, and uh, he was deaf for years. And one day, I just felt like, kind of like when Pastor Craig 
called out someone a while back about the short leg, and then we prayed and the leg got longer. Listen, I don't know what you've seen on TV and all this stuff. All I know is I saw it happen right the, in this section of a play, a church, and he prayed. And by the way, he didn't pull her legs out and do a chiropractic adjustment. You know, he just put his hand, we prayed, and one leg gets, it comes, and she doesn't have pain anymore. In this church, miracles happen in this church. I should have said that in the first service, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so the thing is, though, you know, we've seen things like that, but what about the times you pray? We had two friends. One died of COVID recently, and the other also in intensive care. We prayed, healed instantly. So I don't know what makes the difference, but here's what I do know. If you believe in Jesus, and I believe you're going to know by the end of this next 15 minutes that this book is real, I'm going to show you science for this book. And that it says that if we ask Jesus in our heart, we are going to heaven, whether we're Jewish or whatever, right? If we just ask him in our heart, and let me tell you this, there is no cancer in heaven. There is no, I'm not going to go on and on. There's no COVID in heaven. I almost went somewhere. It would have been bad. I'm not going there. But the point is this, okay? All right. There's no vaccines in heaven. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Please forgive me. Please. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. This didn't happen in the first service. Okay, sorry. All right. So there's nothing against vaccine. I'm just saying, okay? Okay. So so I just want to say this, though. God showed me by praying for people in this convalescent ministries. I got brave one day. I got that unction that you had with that lady with the leg. And I wanted to pray for this deaf pastor. So we prayed for him to receive his hearing. And then I whispered, can you hear me? And he says, no. (laughs) So I go to the other ear. I'm asking him questions, and he's answering me. I'm whispering. His wife's like, what's wrong with you? You're hearing. She's all excited. But see, he's from a denomination that doesn't believe healing is for today. And he kept saying, no, I don't believe in that. It's not happening. And guess what? He lost his hearing. So I'm telling you, I'm not talking about positive confession, name and claim and Cadillacs. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm just telling you, you might want to have a positive confession with your faith. It can't hurt. So, you know, we, the bottom line is we don't do the healing. God does. And here's the bottom line. If people believe in Jesus, they are getting healed. Every single one, whether they're healed here or in the air, it's happening. Amen? I'm telling you, there's no problems like that in heaven. So I want to share about a little proof in the Bible. So God told me years ago, we were living in Texas, to get in our Prius and drive all the way to Florida all the way up the coast to Massachusetts to go tell all my Jewish relatives about Jesus. Now, I'd already experienced the oy vey. <laughs> you know, I've had some relatives tell me, look, we love you, but if you're going to keep talking about Jesus, don't even come over anymore. I mean, and one uncle, we could talk about anything. I used to smoke dope with this uncle in his jacuzzi, but I couldn't <laughs> talk about Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> you, want, you want the truth or a lie? Okay. So, so 
we're going up the coast. I'm getting really discouraged, you know, to say the least. We saw miracles on the way, too. But we get all the way up to my uncle has a home in Connecticut in Cape Cod. My uncle was the chief engineer on the Black Hawk helicopter for Sikorsky Helicopters. He's their dignitary, 86 years old. And he would show people around Sikorsky, do tours and everything. I spent hours with him one night telling him about Jesus with my Bible. And this is what he told me. I mean, hours and hours. And he said, Stephen, these books, and he has all these science books and popular mechanics and all this. These are books of silence. Science. This is a book of theology. It was written by men, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was really discouraging. So I want to tell you, before I tell you what happened with him and how God gave me real science for him, I want to show you something real quick. It's a one-minute clip. Anybody ever heard of the Discovery Channel? Okay, and Orange County Choppers, the big dad with the big arms. It looks like these. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, so watch this one minute. The little guy you're going to see is my uncle, and I want to tell you what happened with this Jewish atheist scientist. So can you play that? Hi, right, Lee Jacobson. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Okay, uh, welcome to the uh, original Sikorsky office. His office is being maintained just the way it was when he left in 1972. Knowing his background and, and the records that he, do, he established over the world, he was given doctor's degrees in engineering, doctor's degrees in psychology, and you don't see any of those degrees on the wall. What you see on the wall are the things he really cherished, like thank yous from the Apollo mission who used his helicopter when they pulled the capsule out of the water. I'm super enthused about uh, doing this. I think that the whole uh, scenario of the whole thing is probably one of the most exciting things that I've ever been involved with. He was friends with Orville Wright. This is his first delivery of the R4. You know, to be able to uh, do something in honor of Sikorsky uh, is, is a pretty huge thing. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for the history. So my uncle, the, the little guy on the right there, um, so he's Jewish atheist scientist. We spend hours at his home. I drive thousands of miles to go talk to him about Jesus. <laughs> and we just basically agreed to disagree. It was just that simple. I get home. We're in our word just about every morning. There's advantages to being in the Bible, by the way, even if you just read a paragraph a day. And so one day I'm just reading. I'm in Hebrews 11.3. Now I'll read this to you guys. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed in the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know, some versions say something like things which are visible are made out of things that are invisible. But that's what the, how this says, the King James, okay? And so I, all of a sudden I feel like I have to call my uncle, but I don't know why. I have no clue. So I call him, and he goes, Stephen, I was just thinking about you. You know how you like those motorcycles? And I said, yeah, and you have all these Harleys? Well, I was doing a tour at Sikorsky, and some guy from Orange County Choppers came, and there were film crews and everything. I thought it was a helicopter company, but it turns out he's into motorcycles. And they were making motorcycles, uh, a motorcycle for Sikorsky's 75th anniversary. And so that was him, you know. And I was just thinking about you. What's going on? So I said, Uncle Leon, I want to read you something. I didn't tell him it was the Bible, okay, because it's a book written by man, he told me. So I only read this part. 
I just read. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, I didn't read this in the first service. I got this email from him. And listen what he said about that. I was intrigued by the Hebrews 11.3 paragraph you sent me. I read it over and over again. I wound up after this sending him a Bible. And he said, I read a uh, King James. <laughs> I read it over and over again to make sure I understood the thought presented. And I must conclude that the description surely defines Adam's as we know them today. So I said, Uncle Leon, how does a guy write about this 2,000 years ago? And he goes, Stephen, I told you, the Bible was written over and over again, over the years by men, and they can put anything they want in there. And I said, Uncle Leon, the date on this Bible, the copyright is 1611. Is there any way a man, forget 2,000 years ago, is there any way a man in 1611 could have described Adams this clearly? And then he was silent. He didn't say anything. Then God just started taking me all over the Bible with him. I've got so many scriptures like this. It's crazy. I'm only going to do two more right now. So listen to this. Uh, it's, um, let's see, how about Second Peter 3, 10 through 12. I read him this, Second Peter 3, 10 through 12. But the, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversations and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. I'm like, Uncle Leon, what does that sound like to you? And he goes, well, that's a clear description of nuclear fusion. Why? And I'm like, because, you know, in 1611, they had dynamite and TNT. It doesn't melt the elements, okay? But he's 1611. He's, then he said, you got me. And I said, I didn't get you. God's telling me this stuff right now. I'm not this smart. I've talked to pastors all over. I've never seen anybody seen this. I got to meet Frank Turek, who wrote, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, who argues at Harvard, Yale, Berkeley, all over, remember Doris, at his home. He never saw this before. I'm not this smart. God did this, okay? So anyway, um, I'll, I'll just read one more, okay? He's a historian. He knows a lot. I asked him, Uncle Leon, has there ever been another people group in the history of the world that you know of that's been scattered all over the world and then come back and formed a nation? He said, no. I said, well, listen to this from 1611. Forget 2,000 years ago, okay? But really, this traces back 2,000 years. And by the way, for those of you skeptics in there, you're like, yeah, but my uh, new King James Bible, uh, well, it's copyrighted in 1985. You can Google the original 1611 text. I did. It reads word for word. The only thing that's different is when you read in here like the word seen, the old one has S-E-E-N-E. -E -E. It's in this weird kind of calligraphy. or I don't know what you call it. I'm not a scholar, okay? So it's just cleaned up that way, but it reads word for word, okay? So listen, listen to this. But the Lord liveth which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the countries whither I had driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. 
I'm like, Uncle Leon, what happened on May 14, 1948? He said, well, all the Jews came from all over the world and formed a nation. You got me. I said, Uncle Leon, I didn't get you. This is what I know. That, yeah, men were used, but they were inspired by God. And this is a book of God that he authored. And I said, so listen, do you want to know the God who wrote this book? And he said, yes, I do. And he received Jesus in his heart right on the phone. So I, I don't know what happened, Pastor Craig. I finished right on the dot. I'm maybe a few minutes over. Should I just, can I go? Okay, sorry, I don't know what's going on. This is different, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, are you all with me? <laughs> okay, you, you can say oy vey, it's okay. All right, if it goes too long, but it won't, it won't. Okay, so anyway, um, what, I, what I really want to share with you guys is, look, I'm talking about this because it builds my faith. Doesn't it build yours? Does it increase your faith? The thing is, though, and belief, right? But the problem is, even the demons believe. It's not enough to just believe. Last week, we had that gentleman share that sermon about how Jesus went over to the other side, and it was the demon-possessed man and everything, and they came up to him, and Jesus, what do you want with us? You know, we're a legion of them, right, possessing this man. And then they said to Jesus, they're like, they knew who he was. The devil knows who he is. They said, don't cast us into the abyss, right? Just at least if you're going to cast us out, put us in the pigs. There were like 2,000 pigs there. So he cast all the demons in the pigs. 2,000 pigs run and jump off a cliff and kill themselves. And I, <laughs> my old pastor said, Greg Laurie was his name. He said this was the first recorded case of deviled ham. So I don't know, I'm not, I'm just telling you what he said. <laughs> anyway, so, but the point is, it's not enough just to believe, okay? So I was in India, I saw some wild things, I've been in other places, and mission trips and things, and I'm in India, and I'm in a room with hundreds of people, there were Sikhs, Muslims, Christians, all kinds of people from all over. I shared a little bit of my testimony. The pastors asked me. Then the next day, they said, we want you to do the church service, which was totally unexpected. And that night, I'm praying in my room, oh, God, oh, God, what do I say to all these people? I didn't know what to say. I wasn't prepared for it. And God said, now, I don't hear an audible voice turn my hair white, although it's white. I feel it in my spirit that God said, I'll give you the answer to everything in life. You know how here we see homeless people, and I'm not trying to belittle it, and they have signs and you feel bad and everything. I'm telling you over there where I was, I, I remember these people came up and the, they were holding the child missing an arm, right arm and a left leg, holding the child. I'm dying. I'm going, oh, my God. And, and then the people I was with stopped me because they said, don't do it, don't do it. These people cut their own kids' arms and legs off to beg better. To have a, I mean, here we do a sign, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I saw craziness over there. And these are the people I'm going to speak to. And so I asked God. And God said, I'll give you the answer to everything in life for everybody. I'm like, tell me. Tell me what it is. And he told me. And it was so simple. So I asked the, the Indian that speaks Hindu that was taking care of my room, how do you say this in Hindi? 
and he told me how to say it. So the next morning I went into the meeting, I said, hi, my name is Steve Finger. I'm from America. And he said, I don't know what he was saying, okay? I, that's what it sounded like to me. But, you know, it's an interpreter, so I say it. He says it, right? And so I, so I was like, okay. So then I said, if you're in here right now and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, I have the answer. And by the way, I can say that too. If you don't know how you're going to pay your electric bill, I've got, I have the answer. If you're in here and you're getting a divorce... I have the answer. If you're in here and you've got cancer, I have the answer. Do you want to hear the answer? And I'm hearing all over the, you know, everybody's saying, yeah, I guess. They were saying yes, right? And so I said this, okay, because I learned how to say this. I said, Yeshu Chalte Reho. I'm sorry, Kesat Chalte. Wow, I'm. I didn't write it down either, and I said it last time. Man. Oh, here it is. Yeshu kesat chel te reho. And the place exploded. People were on their feet because that is the answer to everything in life. And the interpreter looked at me, and he didn't expect Hindi, and he said, keep walking with Jesus. <laughs> it's the answer to everything in life, Everything. Every problem, keep walking with Jesus. Everything. So I just want to close with this. I've got more scriptures and stuff, but you know what? Here's the bottom line. If you're a believer here and you ever struggle with unbelief, ever, the answer is keep walking with Jesus. Stay in your word. Come to church. You know, there's something different about this church. I, I got to tell you this, really. I've not been to a church where they, you're new and they give money away, right? I've not seen that, these $5 bills, and they add up, you know? I could tell you those people were mad at Jesus when he cast the pigs out, and they all died because all these Jews were losing money. I can say that because <laughs> they lost their business. They told Jesus, go, Right? But in this church, this is a giving church. When we give here, I'm telling you, this is good soil. I know that I know that I know. So if you're a believer and you ever struggle, keep walking with Jesus. If you were a believer and you're backslidden right now, come back and walk with Jesus. And if you're an atheist like I was or a non-believer or an agnostic, the answer to everything in life, start walking with Jesus. How do you walk with him? Read the word. Do, do it on your phone. Come to a church like Convo. If you're watching this online right now and you're somewhere else in the world, find a Bible-believing church. Watch these things online. But keep walking with Jesus. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Convo Church Podcast.